What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. We are back. It is Tuesday, May 10th. We are about two weeks out from the NFL draft, and we are still going through our initial rankings. Today, we are going to be talking about our tight ends and wide receivers. Rich, anything you want to talk about before we get into it? Ah, let's dig into the tight ends. All right, let's do it then. So, we'll start off with my rankings since I already did it earlier, but we'll just go through it again because that was behind the scenes. But at number one, I have Chico Okonkwo. Number two, Greg Dulcich. Three, I have Jelani Woods. Four, Trey McBride. And rounding it out at number five is Daniel Bellinger. A little, uh, little low on Trey McBride there. A little low on Trey McBride. Yeah, it has more to do with his landing spot and less to do with the player. Okay. So, uh, yeah, number four. I mean, he went to Arizona, so we know he's behind Zach Ertz, who the Eagles just re-signed to a deal. So how long before Trey McBride becomes the starting tight end for the Arizona Cardinals? Quote I know Ertz is getting up there in age, but they did sign him to that deal. So I, obviously most tight ends' rookie impact is going to be minimum, but it just it doesn't seem like there's a, a lot of pathway for targets on the field this year. Uh, there's also the drama with whatever was happening with the quarterbacks when I had initially done this, which has kind of gone away, but maybe not really, but... Again, he's behind. At the time being, he's behind Zach Ertz, and I think some of these other guys will, might have a better shot at starting this year. Although that might not necessarily mean that they're productive. Gotcha. I mean? Yeah, I, I like him for his long-term upside. I got, I got, I got him. We'll get through my rankings, and then we'll, we'll discuss. So okay. I, I got Trey McBride one, Greg Dolchik's two, Charlie Kohler three, Jelani Woods four, and Chigo Okonkwo five. Okay. So I have Daniel Bellinger in, and you don't, and you have Charlie Kohler in, and I do not. Okay, so let's talk about Kohler then, because he's kind of in a similar situation to what I said with Trey McBride, where he's he's clearly going to be behind Mark Andrews there in Baltimore. Is there something changing about that that I should know about? Or? No, it's just we, we all know the, the receiver situation in Baltimore right now. They just shipped out Marquise Brown. It's Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, right? Ty, Tylen Wallace, is, still, is he still there? Right? I don't know. But So I expect this team to go more 12 personnel, more two tight ends, and Charlie Kohler was a guy who I like to tape on a lot. Um, Gets into a, a situation where a team's known for using tight ends, and I, I think he, he can have a very productive career in Baltimore. We're in this for the long haul, and I like it from a long-term play. Does the fact that they doubled down with Isaiah Likely a little while later raise any concerns for you at all? We know Likely was a much higher prospect before they ended up uh, you know, grabbing him later on. You know, he didn't test well at the combine. That's essentially what happened, so he kind of fell. But does it concern you at all? No, it just kind of reaffirms my belief that they're going to use more tight ends. Maybe they see... You know, likely being the guy who can line up out uh, out in the slot. Sorry, I'm not too worried about da- uh, Mark Andrews being traded with the four-year deal. So I think he's secure there. And that's just, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> Am I really going to rank a tight end two for, to be fantasy relevant? Like, that's just where that that's kind of at. You know what I mean? Like It's a long-term play. I'm more in it for three, four years down the line with Kohler. Mark Andrews is signed for four years. I know. 
Okay. Yeah, we I just, mean, you, you think about it, the, you're setting, you're, you're signing tight ends, you're expecting them, I think the general idea is three years, and then they'll develop into a, hopefully a starting tight end. So that puts it on the timeline of Mark Andrews. Yeah, I guess. Um, again, I just there's a few more guys that I see getting like securing a a role as the tight end one on their team sooner than that. Even though they might not be fantasy relevant this year, I see a a possibility of them being fantasy relevant maybe in the second half of their sophomore year or their you know before their third year essentially. So, uh, so that's why I have Chico Okonkwo at ones basically going to the Tennessee Titans with. A.J. Brown being traded and just, I mean, they they clearly, you know, were lacking last year as far as receiving talent was going. And it was clear that they missed their tight end. Uh, who was their tight end prior to that who got who moved, went on somewhere? There was a name. Delaney Walker? Him. No. Yeah, after that, there was a after guy. After Delaney Walker. John U. Smith. Uh, that's the one. Yep. They that's clearly one. missed John U. Smith last year. And... While he wasn't like a top five tight end, he was serviceable as, you know, around an eight or nine-ish area in the tight end range. And I think, you know, given that opportunity on the Tennessee Titans, he could potentially see some volume. Because the Titans, again, are also a run-heavy team, so they're going to want a big tight end out there. So, Robert Woods tore his ACL. He's also pushing 30. I don't know how effective he'll be out there. So, I think there's going to be a lot of targets available. For guys like Traylon Burks and you know Chico Okonkwo and maybe some of those other receivers show up, but I don't. A lot of people seem to think that Robert Woods is the wide receiver one on this team. I, I imagine you might think differently about that, but we'll discuss that later. But yeah, I think there's just plenty of opportunity for him, and he could seize the wide. I mean, he's competing with what Anthony Ferkser, I believe, at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, is their tight end one on the team. He's not a flashy, you know, guy, but he's a solid NFL tight end. They do have Austin Hooper there, but. So, yeah, Hooper's another guy who's a solid tight end. I just think Chigo Conquo is going to be used as a receiving tight end more than he's going to be used as a blocker. So that's kind of what it is. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a fast, explosive wide receiver. They might use him for some big plays down the seam. So he might, instead of being used as a blocker like some of these other guys might initially, like Trey McBride, he might see some receiving work. I like Chigo. I just think he's very raw. Understandable. So... That brings us to number two we both agreed on, yeah, which was yeah. Greg Dulcich for Denver. They do have Albert O there, who everyone, you know, when Noah Fant got traded, just kind of said that Albert O was just going to fill that role. But obviously we might feel differently about that because we both have Greg Dulcich at two. Is this no faith in Albert O? Is this just, why did you put him at two, Rich, I guess? Let's hear your... You know, it was explosive on tape. He made plays, and... I'm not sure Alberto can be the guy in Denver. I mean, they got great receivers, um, but you throw Dolkic into the mix, working across the middle and working up the seam. I, I think it, it adds a whole other element to the offense. Okay, I was gonna say it, it was more like kind of with me with the limited capital they have. They did decide to grab another tight end, and I, I know they traded fancy. So like, well, they need a tight end, but still, it's one of those things where you know, Alberto. Like they, it's just one of those things where they might be talking about as a nice player because he's the guy they have in house, and they didn't know if they're gonna be able to get a tight end, but. I think he has potential. The main problem that I, I really see is all the wide receivers there that are probably going to eat into his volume, plus Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the backfield. So that's the only downside. But, again, it's the long-term play with that. I feel Russell Wilson's there in Denver for the long term. So that's where we're looking at. I think, you know, in two years, if they have to move on for Albert O, Greg Dulcich would be the guy. Yeah. So that brings us to number three. 
talked about Kohler. I have Jelani Woods there. Did you have Jelani Woods in your top yeah, five? Yeah, I have him at four. Okay, so we don't need to get into that too much. He's another guy who I like. He's just very raw. He needs some time to develop. He goes big, to Indianapolis. Big dude, right? Big dude. He's getting a lot of hype online. But he's one of those big guys who run fast, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're always going to get hype. So it also has to do with his landing spot. He went to the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. And even before Carson Wentz was there, like just think back to Jack Doyle, the Colts like to use their tight end, and it, he's competing with Mo Ali Cox, I believe, is his main competition. Gave him, gave him an extension. He's not bad. They gave him they signed solid him to a three-year deal. He's a solid tight end, but Jelani Woods is an explosive tight end. I just think he has more upside. It's one of those things where, too, with them being a run-heavy offense, they, too, also have two wide receivers on the field, So, or two tight ends on the field. I mean, I apologize. Have one wide receiver on the field most likely most of the time. But so that's why I have Jelani Woods at three, and then I have Trey McBride at four. We went through that, nope. and then five I have Daniel Bellinger, and you weren't as high on Daniel. No, Bellinger. I get that's where I have Chigo. Um, what do you like about Bellinger? His potential to start sooner than the other guys. That's really what it is with most of the tight ends. Their potential. He goes to the New York Giants. You know, Evan Ingram. Couldn't stay healthy when he was there. When he was on the field, he was getting some targets and, you know, was relatively useful as a back-end, you know, as a tight end, too. Useful in tight end premium scoring. So that's where I'm just looking at. I just think he has the opportunity because his main competition on the Giants is Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Atkins. So it's just like, of all, I think of all the guys that we've talked about, they're probably like the two lowest names compared to like even Mo Alley-Cox, right? So I... He has an opportunity to start now. It's prob- the reason he's so low, despite a better opportunity to start, is he's got Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Yeah. So, Daniel Jones going to be there following this season? That's, that's a question, you know. Does that upgrade his, his situation? This is true. <laughs> Do they get rid of some of those receivers who aren't being very productive that they can just get off of their roster and open up some more targets for him? you know? We shall see. Anything else you want to mention for the tight ends? Anybody you want to shout out or kind of, you know, keep an eye on in the later rounds? Anything like that? Nah, I think we, let's dig into the uh, the wide receivers. That's where the, uh, the fun is tonight. All right. Those of you who can't see it because it's an audio podcast, but Rich is literally preparing for war. He's cracking his knuckles and his neck and... Going Just down. straightened up his posture to try to look bigger. So going down. Let's just start at number one. <laughs> Works. Rich. All right. You explain to them why you have Burks at one. He was an explosive playmaker. Loved the tape. He's got the analytical profile. He's got the draft capital. He's got a great situation and landing spot. And he has the highest over-under in yards expected next season. Per I saw that. Yes. What was it, FanDuel? Yeah, so I'm one, one, of the, one of the sides. 850 is the highest out of all the rookies. Oh, I saw 825. I saw 850. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can check it. Yeah, now I'm not worried about it. Talk well, he's wide receiver one for me. Yeah, he is. The guy they, he was, I saw he was put up there as the highest yeah. over-under. It's a guy I've been high on for I'm well aware. since last year. And, you know, everything, all the boxes are checked now. And why am I not going to make him my wide receiver one? 
Is this where I come in? Go ahead. <laughs> Who's your wide receiver one? Let's go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to move on from why I, I, would, well, I, like why I wouldn't have Traylon Burks in my wide receiver one. We're going to ignore the fact that he's on the run-heaviest offense in the NFL. The fact that his quarterback was clearly on decline towards the end of last year and may be replaced after this year. The fact that Robert Woods is there and they brought him in and signed him and yeah, he's coming off the ACL, but you're talking about this guy becoming the you know, he's got to overtake Robert Woods for the number one wide receiver position role on a run-heavy offense. So, I... I and I question his effort. Everyone compares him to AJ Brown. He's not. He's not AJ Brown. He's just not. He doesn't. I don't. I don't like the lack. Of, we're not going to go into that again. I don't like the lack of effort. I don't think he's going to be as explosive. And your quote unquote thresholds for meeting certain things were different than my thresholds as far as those scores go. So, what do you think, Rick? <laughs> Let's move on to number two. We, we, we've. This is like a dead horse around here. We, we, we've we're gone we're not going to accomplish. So, why not somebody like Drake London, who's Clearly going to be the number one wide receiver on his team. wide receiver, too. Okay. So, yeah, so Drake London's my number one wide receiver. He's going to Atlanta. He's got Marcus Mariota at quarterback. They just drafted Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter's NFL comp is Marcus Mariota. So what that is helpful with is if they do decide to transfer or switch over to uh, Desmond Ritter, the offense won't necessarily change drastically from when Marcus Mariota behind it. So there'll be a lot of continuity behind him. He'll have established himself in kind of that offense in that role because his main competition at this point is Olamide Zacchaeus. So he was fed volume in college. I think he's going to get fed volume again this year in the NFL, and I think it's probably sustainable. So His main competition yeah, I mean, is actually Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Just, I, okay. I don't disagree with what you're saying. We're really splitting hairs at this point. Yeah. I just They're both guys that I like. It's, I like Burks more. That's fair. Yeah, so, I mean, you really can't go wrong on picking either of these guys. I so, think you can go well, wrong. Well, <laughs> yeah. that depends on who you ask for Burks. I think right. you, Depending who uh, you uh, Burks is Rick. my wide receiver eight. So, yeah. Rick likes wow. both of them. Rye, not so high on Burks. Burks is my wide receiver eight. But that's fair. Number two. Number two. Number, well, my number two. Yeah, your number two. All right, let's do your number three. No, 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 you go your number two. We'll keep, 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 it, in, keep it in rhythm. Okay, well, we started with your one. And then did my one. And then my two. Oh, well, your two was my Okay, so yeah, we're on my two then. Yeah. I have Jamison Williams at number two. Okay. Again, this is a long-term play. He's one of the younger wide receivers uh, of all the wide receivers in the group. He's going to... He was just, again, if he hadn't torn his ACL, he would have clearly been the number one wide receiver in this class. He would have been a top ten overall pick, no questions asked. And he still went with the thirteenth pick, or I'm sorry, the twelfth pick overall. I know he's going to the Lions. The Lions are getting to the point where they're going to be a quarterback away. So, like, I think that quarterback play could improve in a year or two. They might go out and get somebody who's available, or they might draft somebody next year who's going to be the next guy. And I think Jamison Williams will be the one. I know he's got competition there in Detroit at the moment, but. Look at the competition again for the long term as far as DJ Chark's on a one-year deal. Amon St. Brown is best suited as a slot wide receiver, as a wide receiver too. DeAndre Swift, are they going to re-sign? The, is the running back getting re-signed on a second contract to his team? It doesn't seem to happen a lot with running backs these days. You know, it's not very consistent with that. DeAndre Swift could be out of there soon. You know, you, you I don't know that all the competition is going to remain there for the long term with him. So, again, I just think his talent will eventually outshine. I think he will seize that wide receiver one role because he's just better than that competition around him. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I got him a couple spots down. We'll get to him. Okay. 
Uh, my number three, I have Garrett Wilson. Okay. Yep. Garrett Wilson went to the New York Jets. Yes. Did that the Jets offense? Time to on the upswing. Time to do something, yeah. more, you know. It's time to put up or shut up. The it's Jets team is coming I'm together. A, I'm excited for the to uh, to see how the. I'm not going to watch any of their games at the beginning of the season besides <laughs> on red zone, but excited to see how they look here. Yeah, step up or get stepped on. Exactly. I do not appreciate the Monday night doubleheader because we can't. We're we're going to miss half of the first game. Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't, I don't like how they they stagger them like that. Like they start the one hour time. apart. Yeah, nah, come on, come on. Like the games are two and a half hours. I'm going to miss an hour and a half of the game. It's a violation on the NFL. To cut part. over, like if you're going to do that, cut out all the commercials and just make this game. Just show me the game. I don't like. You know what I'm? I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. You're not a fan of it, but. Garrett, uh, so what do you like about Garrett Wilson? I just think he's a, a very pro-ready wide receiver. He comes in being able to run polished routes. Like right away, I think he's going to come in and have a very safe floor with a chance at, at, at being one of those guys who can be a wide receiver one. And he comes in like right away, wide receiver two value. He's returning, I believe, with a chance in the future of, of being one of those wide receiver one guys. I, I, I like him. He's a great. He's a great player. I don't disagree with you. I have him at four, so... Yeah, we're right, right around. Yeah, he's right there. The person I have above him at three is Chris Olave. Okay. His teammate? His teammate. He goes to New Orleans Saints. At this point, it really has to do with quarterbacks there and kind of, you know, the organization as a whole. If I have a faith in an organization to get better or at least sustain success. I think I'm putting more faith in the Saints to do it, despite the, the departure yeah. of, yeah, <laughs> than the Jets. Into but a great situation. And, yeah, Jameis Winston is the quarterback. Jameis Winston has managed to produce two fantasy-relevant wide receivers in a season before, two top 25 yeah. fantasy He's wide receivers that before. Thing. So, and who's he competing with for targets outside of Michael Thomas? Is Michael Thomas going to be there? We're not sure. We're expecting. But... Let's say he is. Who else is he competing with besides Michael Thomas? Alvin Kamara. Is he going to be there with a suspension? <laughs> right, he's got that court case pending, right? Yeah, I love how that's been swept under the rug. We'll see. So, yeah, he's got plenty of opportunity, plenty of volume. So does Garrett Wilson. So, I mean, if you, I don't, again, three, four, you can flip mm-hmm. those guys. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have it, so an you, issue with that. we got a lave four at four. I got Jamison Williams. I have a lobby at three, Wilson at four, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, you're you four, have, Wilson. You're, yes, yeah. and then four is Jamison Williams James Jameson for you. Williams, yep. already went. So, mm-hmm. number five. <laughs> this is going to be different for us. So, I've got David Bell. Oh, I own David Bell. I love David Bell. I'm not that high on. So, David Bell goes to the Cleveland Browns. His main competition for targets at the moment are Amari Cooper, who I believe will be 29 if not to start this season, at some point this season, maybe I'm mistaken, but I believe he is 28. And then Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, I know this is a run-heavy offense. I don't think you trade it the picks you trade it for Deshaun Watson and tra- and sign to that deal to run the ball 40 times a game. I think you acquired a top-tier quarterback so that you could use a top-tier quarterback, and I think they might throw a little bit more than they have previously, and his main competition is Amari Cooper. So I think, again, long-term, Amari Cooper, I don't know how long he's going to be there. He just got shipped out of the and got traded for, you know, the lint in your pocket. So 
I just see opportunity for him to possibly be the wide receiver one on this team, and that may not necessarily make him a wide receiver one in fantasy, like not a top 10 or a top 15 guy, but it would give him enough volume to be a productive wide receiver on a week-to-week basis for me. So, Yeah, I'd like David, but I got him at a, I have him at 8. The reason I have him at 8, the guys I have above him I like more for being able to produce that wide receiver one potential. Like, I think he's a guy who his ceiling is going to be a wide receiver too. For fantasy, but he's going to be one of those those dudes, kind of like a. Um, I don't want to liken him to a DJ Moore because he, DJ Moore is a lot faster, a lot more explosive. But he's a guy you see just being like steady in that wide receiver two range, just constantly every year, every year, every year, just being a guy who's who's good. But I don't know how, if he's going to be top end fantasy good. Right. So I think we're what I'm saying as far as like I just don't know if they're going to at some point be able to invest between the deal with Watson to send the picks away. They don't have a first-round pick upcoming in, like, the next two to three drafts or the next two drafts. They don't, with the money they spent on Watson, I don't think they can shell out money to bring in a star-wide receiver. So I just, they took David Bell in the third round. Uh, Just again, like, are they, you know, are they, will they come back and guarantee that they're going to take a wide receiver in the second round next year just to replace David Bell? Like, he could get the wide receiver one role by default. Even you might look at the guy and say, hey, we don't know necessarily think that he should be a wide receiver one, but... If there's not any competition there for you, and like you know what I mean, the team's going to have other needs at some point. You know, is there any veteran uh, free agent moves that they could go for, right? Do you think that would maybe, maybe like you know within like a year or two? Jarvis Landry's still out there as yeah. a free agent. He Jar- can always come back. Jarvis Landry's not coming back. That's the story that's being put out there now. He they, there's actually an article that says he refused a nice sum of money for like a one year deal. No, I with the that. Browns, okay. he, yeah. I like that, though. He's not going back there. Yeah, but seems like no, I'm the, he can carve a role out for himself there. Again, Will one Fuller's of those things where... There. Okay, okay but again, if you bring in a 28-year-old, 29-year-old wide receiver coming off of an injury, is he going to... Okay, but I don't know that that guy is... Necess- is that guy, quote-unquote, wide receiver one who's going to take over that role and secure it for the next two to three years that David Bell is there? No, like... I don't. Again, I don't think Will Fuller is coming in and being the wide receiver one for a team. If you ask me if the chances were that or David Bell, my my option is I would take David I Bell. Think Cooper's still there, so again, yeah. I think Cooper will be gone. Will be gone or slash unproductive in a year or so. It's not like he. It's not like Cooper blew it out of the water last year. He was like a wide receiver three or four last year. So you know, and again, this team is quote unquote run heavy. But we'll we'll see about that. So that's why I have David Bell higher. But who's your number five wide receiver, Rich? Sky Moore. Okay. Love Sky Moore. Why do you love Sky Moore? Checks the analytical profile. He's got the second round draft capital. He's got production. Where is he going again? Kansas City. Kansas City. Goes Ooh, to the Chiefs. Buddy. Doesn't have the size. Yeah. He's five ten. Doesn't have the size. Tyree kills five ten. Oh. Tyree kills one of a kind. Now, if there's a place where give me the, four other guys, if there's a place where the five ten guy can succeed, it's Kansas City. I'll take the risk. I'll take the chance. Gotcha. My my argument with everyone is give me four other guys, not give me five guys not named Tyree Kill that were that size or smaller. I mean, I'd have to look it up. I don't have it off the top of my head. We'll have, to, we'll have to deep dive into that one day. <laughs> I, I, I could give you a number of wide receivers that are top end wide receivers that are over six foot and six one. So that's you know. I don't need to think about that. I don't need to go dig through an archive to know that bigger wide receivers tend to be more successful and turn out wide receiver one rules. So, uh, I mean, Julian Edelman was a wide receiver one for the Patriots for several years. Julian Edelman has 3,000-yard seasons to his career, so it's not like he was putting up 1,000-yard seasons. Those are spaced apart, too. So I just it, 
if there's an offense could happen, yeah, it's here. Is it going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd like it to. Uh, I'm not rooting against Sky more, but I, again, my, my main issue is I get less concerned about the 40 times in the profile and things like that than I do the size because size is something that's been shown to have a much more consistent track record of production versus not production. The smaller you are at wide receiver, the less productive you tend to be. The bigger wide receivers tend to have more success in production, especially if you hit a certain threshold at speed and all of that. It doesn't have to be the top end threshold, the most explosive, but if you have enough speed and enough agility with your height, it cancels out. Like, it just kind of cancels out the fact that somebody who's smaller might be faster and things like that. So, For sure. Yeah, that's definitely a valid argument. So... Let's move on then to number six, who we're not going to agree on either, I don't imagine. Uh, we're back to your six, I believe. I have Olave. That's where you have Olave at six. Okay. So you have Sky Moore over Chris Olave. Yep. Is that quarterback situation? or That's uh, the guy I like better. Okay. I like... Yeah. Okay. Again, if you... Based off the physical profile, I would I would clearly take a I would take Olave over Sky Moore when their agility and speed are both on par, and then one guy's got a, a four or five inch height advantage. So, all right, if, I thought your argument would have been quarterback play, which would have been a, which I, again I would I can't really argue with saying you have Patrick Mahomes versus Jameis yeah, Winston I mean, that, plus somebody else, but just, I like the there more. also is some competition there, and like, I'm, I'm trusting Kansas the talent. City. Okay, so let's go to number six then. I have George Pickens. Okay. So, again, my concerns are Deontay Johnson doesn't fit the physical profile for a wide receiver one. He's got he's in the final year of his contract. Not too sure that the Steelers are particularly pleased with Chase Claypool as far as both on the field and kind of the other things he did. Remember the penalty that cost them plays in the game and just some of the stupid things, the Twitter or whatever. He's... You know, he seems like he could be losing favor with the coaching staff as well. And the Steelers have shown us that they can consistently grab these wide receivers in the draft and come out and develop them and have success with them. They continue to do it and churn them out. And so I've got him as, you know, he's going to start for the Steelers this season. I mean, who else is starting over him besides Johnson or Claypool? They run three wide receiver sets all the time. So he's going to be working out there on the field in some way. He could definitely have some production year one. And so... That's why I have George Pickens in it. So yeah, I don't disagree with anything. I got him at seven, so right down there. So they were right in the same range, but we're just splitting hairs at this point, which is like why we like a guy right. more than the other. So my seven then is Christian Watson. Where do you have Christian Watson at? Ten. Ten. Okay, so we have a disparity there on Christian Watson, which same we've range-ish. had from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty close. He's just he's very raw, and I worry about a guy like that being able to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of the, the stuff that I'm seeing is his route running isn't as good as it was advertised in some things. And he's got where a lot you, to improve. Just curious where you're seeing those from. Those coming out of, like, the Packers training camp reports? Because everything that I had seen, after, like, I once you went to the Senior Bowl, people were actually saying, oh, his route running is actually better than we thought a, it was going to be. After the Senior and then, Bowl. Okay. Because, like, through the combine and all you, that, everybody was talking about You see on the there. tape, too, where he kind of – there's areas where he can really improve. And we, we know Aaron Rodgers is – got to be on the same page with him. And if he's not running the correct routes the right way, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. So, I guess my counter-argument then is, you know, 
Alan Lazard has been there for how many years now? <laughs> don't look like he's on the same page. I don't know why that's going to change this year all of a sudden. Randall Cobb is just beyond his prime as far as phys- physically goes. He, he's not going to be the wide receiver. One Somebody on this offense is going to catch over 100 receptions this season. And I cannot tell you, I cannot honestly put money on that being Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard. Yeah, so. it's because it's going to be Dubes. Romeo Dubes, very it's high on Romeo Dubes. The guy who came in a pro-style offense. Um, that's my flyer right there. Don't, take, don't tell nobody about, yeah, real quiet on the Dubes. I have him at 15, Romeo Dubes. Yeah, so I'm 14. Not that quiet. Yeah. 14. Yeah, so it's right, it's right where he should be. It's about that range. Yeah, no, you know? no, no. Maybe I'm some just people saying, have him in late teens. But, I, I like hmm. taking him, and uh, I like targeting. Uh, I, I like thinking about taking him maybe in the fourth if he's still there. I don't think he'll be there though. Third, third? No, don't take him, dude. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm trading him back. I'm trading him back. He had some discipline problems though, right? Dude. Or no, no. I'm sorry. There wasn't discipline problems. I'm sorry. He uh, he doesn't like to go up over the middle. It's one of the main things that. I, I saw that I didn't us. like. He didn't like to go up over the middle. I don't like the guy. I don't. I don't like hearing that about somebody. So yeah, who were we talking about originally, though? Christian Watson. Cool. Again, like you said, he's raw. If he's going to develop with somebody, I imagine developing with Aaron Rodgers. If there's anyone who's going to be able to tell you what to do or how he wants you to do it, so like, if you, it's better. I get. I guess someone was saying it's better that he's still a little raw because now he's going to learn how Aaron Rodgers wants him to do it as opposed to he already learned his own way to do it and now he has to try to adjust to Aaron Rodgers. So maybe it'll work out. Maybe that's why these other wide receivers work out with Aaron Rodgers like Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson who took some time. So I guess the concerns that I would uh, I'll raise for Christian Watson even though I have him at seven just to put it out there is you also have to consider long term future how, how much longer is Aaron Rodgers playing yeah, quarterback for the Green yeah. Bay Packers what's the drop off once a new quarterback comes in so something to think about as well when you're considering it alright so let's move on to number eight eight's where I got David Bell David Bell alright we talked about and eight's yep. where I have Traylon Burks so okay. moving on number nine Jahan Dotson Jahan Dotson Yes. He's 13 for me. Okay. So I'll let you... I just think he's being severely undervalued right now. It's a guy who got first-round draft capital. The guy who comes in being able to run routes. He's going to have a, a role in the slot, even if he doesn't develop being, into being able to an outside receiver. So he comes in with, with, a, with a floor that I like. Um, he was explosive at Penn State. The guy made plays that popped off the screen. And the way ADP's looking, a lot of a lot of times he's falling to the second round. You're telling me in the second round, I could, I'm, I'm smashing that all day, taking it. So I've got him at 13 because, frankly, Terry McLaurin wasn't very useful last year from a fantasy production as the wide receiver one on that offense. So like I just don't profile Jahan Dotson to be a wide receiver one on an offense, and I feel all the guys that I have ahead of him do have that potential, and so I'd rather have the potential of a wide receiver one with a wide receiver two floor than, like, somebody who's just pretty much going to have to be locked into a slot wide receiver two role no matter what, like, you know, kind of. So that's why I'm downer on Dotson and somebody like Sky Moore. I'm higher on Sky Moore, obviously, than Dotson. With, but, yeah, so that's just why I'm down on Dotson. And their quarterback situation is kind of shaky as well. We don't know how that's all pits. Carson yeah. Wentz now could be somebody else next year. It could... That whole organization, that's just another oh, that's organization cool. that I'd probably just want to stay away from. So, so. who you got at... Uh, number nine? Yes. I have Alec Pierce at number nine. Okay. Who's, I have him 11, so we're not too far off. Right. So, 
Alec Pierce goes to the Indianapolis Colts. His competition at this point for a target is Michael Pittman and Mo Cox. So, I mean, you're going to have to have two wide receivers on the field for a good number of plays out there. If Pittman's the one getting targeted, there's some chance that Alec Pierce gets some volume. One And again, I just think Alec Pierce might profile as a wide receiver one better than Michael Pittman. There's a chance he takes that role in two or three years from now. So just, again, something to keep an eye on. That's why I have him up there again. He's a guy I think could potentially become the wide receiver one for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Number 10, I have Sky Moore. So we already discussed him. Yeah, 10, I have Watson. We talked about him. All right. 11, I have Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 11, I have Jalen Tolbert for the Dallas okay. Cowboys. I have him 15. Right. So this is, again, this is the section of people who I kind of see being locked into a wide receiver to a role. I was much more hopeful about Jalen Tolbert prior to the draft, but I just don't know that I ever see him really taking the role from C.D. Lamb as the wide receiver one on the Cowboys, unless something goes crazy with C.D. Lamb there, but... I could see him taking the wide receiver two role from Michael Gallup, especially with Michael Gallup being injured and not expected to be available for the start of the season. So again, this is these wide receivers are kind of guys that I think are going to be locked into a wide receiver two range, except for one guy that we'll talk about next, which is Velus Jones, who I have at twelve. I have Velus Khalil Jones Shakir. Jr. Okay, so we talked a little bit about Velus Jones off podcast, but. Just to recap, the main issue that I have with him is he's 25 years old. Yes. You get you're getting five, six years of production out of Max if if you, you know, or I'm sorry, he's not. He'll be 25 when the season starts, I believe. I don't know if he's 25 at this exact moment. He will be 25 when the season starts. That's really old. Yeah, that's an old prospect. That's so old. It's the well, yeah. I mean, Juju came in. He was 20, right? Yeah, like something like that. Dude's coming in. Yeah, that's that's very concerning. So yeah, so again, like Drake London is is twenty will be twenty one years old when the season starts, and like literally have just like turned twenty one. So to kind of give you perspective, that's four extra years. So the reason I have him up there is the potential to be the wide receiver one for the Bears for that four years that he's you know there and productive. So it's kind of weighing that the I probably won't get as much out of him as I might from the other wide receivers, but would I rather have four years of wide receiver one production versus? five, six years of wide receiver, uh, I, I guess, two production, I want to say. I, we should talk about more from a fantasy standpoint uh, when we're referring to it. But Valise Jones, from a fantasy standpoint, could be a wide receiver, too. Whereas I'm looking at some of these other guys who wide receiver threes, fours, borderlines around there. So what I'd rather have four or five years of a guy who I think is a wide, who could potentially be a wide receiver, too, versus... A bunch of guys who are going to be flex plays or wide receiver fours, you know, things like that. So, and you said, where did you have Felice Jones Jr.? 15? Uh, I do not have him ranked. Oh, you do not have him ranked, right? That's no. what we had talked about earlier. Yeah. But I'm, you were reconsidering. I'm, yeah, I think I might have to move him up, but we'll, that'll be later. Okay, so who do you have at 12 then? Khalil Shakir. Right, you said that earlier. Yes. I'm I awful just, with that. Yeah, today. that's all right. That's all right. I, I'm, they went up, they, they got him. I mean, he's a fifth round pick, doesn't have great capital, but he's a guy who they let Cole Beasley walk. And I think he fills in that role immediately. He's a guy who's going to be able to work the slot. Um, going to have to come in with flex play appeal right away with only room to grow because I don't know if I'm buying all the Gabe Davis hype. Oh, okay. So I'm less concerned about Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis is going to play on the outside opposite Stefan Diggs. Jamison Crowder they signed to a deal 
for this year. So one year, yeah. Yeah, I understand, but that's where I'm concerned with the immediate flex play value. Again, I have Khalil Shakira at 14, so I'm not that far off from you. But that's just why I have him a little bit lower, is because is he really going to come in and start immediately over Jamison Crowder? Yeah, who has yeah. this happened to him the second year in the row? By the I, way, I've one forgot that they signed Crowder, but uh, he's more Shakir's more explosive than Crowder. I don't see why he can't beat him out. I mean, Crowder's a lot more did it last year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, it can be done. We're not, it's Jamison Crowder. It's not like we're asking him to go out here and beat out like Cooper Cup in the slot or Chris Godwin in the slot or one of these other monsters. I'm gonna go beat out Jamison Crowder. He could do it. I'll yeah. tolerate no Gabe Davis uh, slander in this space. All I'm saying is, I, yeah. I, I'm not buying. That. Everybody's hyping Gabe Everybody. Davis to the moon, and I like him, but I don't know if I'm, I'm hyping him to the same place you guys are hyping yeah. him to. You know what I'm saying? Gabe Davis is a beast. <laughs> Respect. Right. Respect. Thirteens, where I have Dotson. Do you have somebody at thirteen we already talked about, Rich? Or is uh, no, thirteen. I have John Mechie. I like the situation. I think uh, Davis Mills being a little undervalued. I think he's going to show some stuff this year and, and impress some people. Um, I know Mechie's coming back from the ACL, so he may not be ready for the start of the season. Right? Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. Yeah. I'll, right? yep. um, Double check though. Yes. He's he's a guy, ACL another guy who's going to come in, and I think he can work the slot when he's there. I'm, I'm not sure who else he's going to be competing with. Tennessee's got Brandon Co- or Tennessee. Texas. The Texans have Brandon, have Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins and. I'm not really sure what else. Um, I think he's, he could step right in as their wide receiver three. Yeah, again, just he's going to be the wide receiver three on the Houston Texans. Who, With upside, he's still got a chance. I, I'm not. I could see him beating out Nico Collins, but I understand. I think. Uh, I think. It, but again, it's one of those things where, at best, I see him being locked into a wide receiver two role on his team in the slot, like you said, just yeah, based off his size and profile and all of that. So plus, it's the Houston Texans. Again, they say they're committed to Davis Mills, and I know you say you're high on him and all that, but again, it's just one of those things where I think that at some point the Texans are going to be like, we can't, like if Davis, the same thing that the Browns kind of did with Baker Mayfield, where it's like, we need to get better at this position. I know we say we like this guy and all that, but we need to get an elite at this position at some point. So, and maybe they don't, but again, I just don't. The quarterback situation is just very murky there, I guess, is what yeah. concerns me. It's a I big just, question mark. I think I like see your, what you're saying, but like at the same time, you, you don't want to pass up like solid wide receiver two production in search of a wide, like of like upside. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like, we're already in the area where these guys that's are what wide I'm saying. receivers like, for me. We're so all get, we're getting down to the mid. Like, this you're looking there for. There are just other wide receiver twos that I feel mm-hmm. better about that maybe not even because their quarterback situation, but their physical profile and not having torn an ACL. Like yeah. Jahan Dotson and Khalil Shakir. I think Mechie tore his ACL maybe around December. Okay. So, so he will not be available to start the season. Most likely not. Okay. Yeah, December 4th. All right. 14, I have Dubes. <laughs> I have Shakir at 14. I have Dubes at 15. Okay. 15, Jalen Tolbert. We already talked about him. Yep. 16, I have Bo Melton. Kyle Phillips. We talked about the dearth uh, of pass-catching options in Tennessee. I think he's a guy who could step in and work across the middle in the slot. Yeah. Be a nice little uh, safety outlet there for, for Ryan Tannehill or potentially Malik Willis in the future. Yep. I don't disagree. I, I agree with you. I don't, you know, I just, I guess I value that role less than I value some of the other roles, you know, as far as volume. Again, it's going to Tennessee, who's currently run heavy and what's going to happen with their quarterback situation and things like that. So, 
That's why he's lower for me. I throw Melton there. This is more of an upside play again. He's He went to Seattle. He's got all the athletic profile that you're looking for. Not necessarily the production that you would have liked in college. But if you're given if you've got talent, you're given the opportunity in the NFL, there's a chance that you can shine. And just Seattle's just a team that looks like it's rebuilding. And they've I mean, even if they're not saying I if they have a disaster of a season this year with Drew Locke out there, quarterback and all like, you know, is DK Metcalf resigning with the team? There have been talks all offseason about him or Tyler Lockett. Both of them have floated out there as trade possibilities, so there's gonna to need to be another wide receiver on that team. And there's not really a whole lot of competition there. So it's a lot of projection, but that's kind of where I'm at at this point with these guys is a whole lot of projecting as to where they could be. And again, I'm not projecting Bill Melton to be a necessarily a wide receiver one on the team, projecting more as a wide receiver two. But I think I'd rather have that for an organization like Seattle than something like, you know, the Houston Texans. Okay. Uh, I have Calvin Austin at 17. Wondell Robinson. So, uh, yeah. did you already have Calvin Austin somewhere? I have Calvin Austin at 19, so I don't disagree. He's right in that range. Okay. I trust the Steelers to develop wide receivers. You know, those late rounds, you're getting down to your third, fourth, fifth round picks. So, you know, you want to take a stab at a guy. He's got, a, you know, got some upside. He's explosive. The Steelers know how to develop wide receivers. Maybe, you know, you lightning strikes. So, you know, you 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 find yeah, gold. They they pick a lot of good receivers in late rounds, so. I said you talk about Wondell Robinson. His size. I mean, it. I move him. I have him at seventeen because of the draft capital and the rumors surrounding uh, Kadarius Tony. Um, if Tony ends up getting shipped, that's easy. Wondell Robinson in the slot with some upside there. Um, that's, I, I can't knock him any further than that because of the uh, the draft capital. He's the same. I got Thornton eighteen. Same thing. Yeah, I just. <sighs> Giants wide receiver. Giants wide receiver. That's you know. I hear you. That's what. I, that's all I have to say about that. Giants wide receiver. And, and just around it, I got Justin Ross at twenty. That's, we said out Austin nineteen. Yeah, uh, I had twenty. So yeah, I had Danny Gray at nineteen and Kyle Phillips at twenty. So okay. <laughs> who is Danny Gray? You might ask. Well, he was the 49ers wide receiver that they took in a late round. He was a third rounder, right? <clears throat> was he? I think so. I thought he went later than that. I could be mistaken. Yes. Third round. Oh, so he was taking a third round. Okay, so not that much drift. Okay, so yeah. So <laughs> if there's a team that's shown us that they don't care about the draft capital of a guy that they've taken and they'll play somebody who they took with worse draft capital, it's the 49ers, a.k.a. Elijah Mitchell over Trey Sermon. Where's Trey Sermon at? So it's just one of those things where, again, I think Debo wants out of the organization. I don't think he's part of their long-term plans. I'm... Not so, so set on Brandon IU being their wide receiver one if Debo Samuel goes out. That's like nothing even particularly against. Like it's not like Brandon Ayuk is a world beater or something right now at this moment. And even Debo Samuel has only had one year of top end production. So Brandon Ayuk performed very well when he finally got out of the doghouse. That back half of the year, he was putting up wide receiver two production. I think it with. He had some wide receiver one weeks. I said, don't call him a world beater though at the moment. You know, and like let's not act like they're not that. They, let's saying, not he's act, shown he can do it. He's shown he can do let's it. Let's not act like he's not somebody that they could upgrade over if they wanted to or so or couldn't let's be Let's not replaced. go uh, thinking Danny Gray's gonna be any better than him though. I, I'm not sitting there saying that's a certain. Like uh, that's not what I'm saying. I have Danny Gray at 19 in a rookie. Right. In my rookie yeah. <laughs> rankings. For, for sure. so. Yeah, you don't have him up high. Yeah. Like 
But I'm saying, like, let's not act like it's impossible for Brandon Ayuk to be not claim it the wide receiver one role for the 49ers and somebody else come in and do I, it. So. I, think, I, I would say that is a far-fetched idea that he would be able to beat Brandon Ayuk out. But that's just my opinion. Okay. What else? Uh, we, we got any other guys on the list here? No, I don't think we have any other guys on the list, but I think let's go back and kind of contextualize a little bit and just talk real quickly about where we would take them in rookie dynasty drafts. Yeah. So, what do you guys Rich, think? where do you kind of where do you cut off your list as far as like taking them in the first round? So, hang on, let's Drake London first round pick in rookie dynasty draft. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris Olave. Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. These are easy, right? We uh, Burks, London, Wilson, Williams, Sky Moore, Olave, Pickens. Option. Hang on. So that's where we need to stop. We need you can't just keep rattle up at them all off like that. You just listed eight wide receivers. Um, yeah. So no running backs or quarterbacks or anything in the for this is where we need to so this is what I'm saying. We well, can't just throw yeah. everybody in there. We need to two ag- running backs. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. We're, we're talking let's let's this consider just, this isn't 12, just our league. Let's consider it's consider a twelve it's man a 12 league. league. A twelve okay. man league. And this is one QB. Yeah. So no QBs. Yeah. No tight ends. Well, it's not tight end premium, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll just so yeah. No tight ends in the first. So we're talking wide receivers and running backs. And I got first round grades on Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and then Burks, London, Wilson, Williams, Moore, Olave, Pickens at the back, Dotson, and Watson at the end. Uh, see, I don't have all those guys as first the round picks end. as well. And I again, it gets to the point where I'm going to take a I'm going to take RB three or four. Over wide receiver eight or nine or ten at a certain point, like it gets to a point where I'm not gonna continue to just rattle off with all these wide. That's why I kind of so you're you're taking eight wide receiver, sorry, ten wide receivers in the first round. I'm not I'm not doing that. I so. just one. I mean, we went into the running backs, but I like James Cook. I have him RB three. Wouldn't take him until the second round. You also, goes for the guys again, behind him. I this have also too. comes to the point where you have to consider a drop off between players as well as the drop off between the wide receiver that I'm going to get at pick eight in the first round versus in the second round. Like, is that going to be greater than the running back I'm going to get if I ignore it in the first round and don't pick a running back until the second round or third? Like, I just this this run. I don't know. The running back class to me feels very like top heavy, I, and a lot of the I understand, but also. Teams are going to, you also keep in mind team needs. Teams are going to be more running back needy, like as far as the rosters are built, than wide receiver needy. Yeah, just I'm, because I'm not more... saying I expect that many wide receivers to go. I mean, you asked me what I would take. I, they're the ones that I got first round grades on. They're the ones I would feel comfortable taking in the first okay, round. Okay, well, I was trying to get us like a consensus on the guys before oh. you rattled off like the 10 I, guys, was kind of why I was taking it. Yeah, I mean, guess I misunderstood the player, <laughs> player at a time. That's why I was doing it player at a time there. So, uh, okay. So, yeah, I've got, I guess I kind of draw the line at definitely taking the first round after my top four wide receivers, and it's not necessarily saying I have a quarterback or a tight end or something that I want to take over them in this draft. You also have to consider free agency and roster size and stuff like that for other leagues. Other leagues do do tight end premium and stuff, so I'm just trying to give a general, like, it's not... I mean, if if it's a super flex, Kenny Pickett's in the first round. Right. If it's a, a tight end premium, I mean, maybe you see one of the, your, your top tight end creep in the back half of the first, early second. And one QB, I don't see why you would why you wouldn't address those needs until the back half of the second, early third. You could also grab a free agent quarterback out there who could potentially, potentially be available. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depending on 
how teams again. It's just one of those things where we have to think outside of our own sleeper league construction mm-hmm. with it, where we have huge rosters and huge benches, and we I don't all think have it makes a big difference though. Regardless, I mean, you know, I I've been saying if you're going to like look at the top twelve guys, that yeah, there's there's definitely the possibility that there's going to be four running backs, eight wide receivers. Um, if it's super flex, you get you might have a, a quarterback in there, so it's not, it's not that big of a difference. I don't think where you guys are at, you know, there potentially could be two running backs in the top twelve. Those guys could also fall a little bit further. I don't think it's that big of a difference. Yeah, I expect James Cook to keep you in hype though. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep I, in the first round. I, I have you know, and you know, I get I could see ta- see myself taking him at like one twelve, being a running back needy team, but you know, we'll team need plays a factor too, you know. Yeah. This is why you do your mocks, you know. Get practice, get that practice in. Figure out also who who the people in front of you want to take. What do you think, Ray? Be active on the phones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be it's definitely going to be sure. it's definitely going to be a lot of wide receivers in the first round. Again, I just I feel like more running backs than two or three than two should go in the first round is where I kind of come in at the difference. Mm-hmm. I think there should be around five running backs going in the first round because eventually the trade off is going to happen. I just again, again, I'm. It's more, again, because I have to try to think outside of the... Tw- I'm thinking more from a 10-team perspective without four... If it's 10-team, I'm thinking two to three running backs and then maybe a quarterback or something like that. But, I don't know. Again, it also has to do with roster size. I really wish we had a consensus on how big things were and all that because, again, we have a very deep bench. Some quarterbacks that we have on our benches rostered might not be on people's rosters and might be available in free agency. And you might be better off upgrading at a quarterback position than you are grabbing wide receiver eight in the first round. That's the only thing that I was just kind of considering when I'm saying I don't know if I'm necessarily set on saying eight wide receivers in the first round. Yeah. I was trying to narrow it down to like a six guys or so. But that's that's where we see this. So, again, it's de- it depends on your draft needs. But six somewhere from six to eight wide receivers in the first round. Is that what we're saying? Six to eight, six to nine? Yeah, I'm on the higher end. Right. Yeah. Right, that's why I gave a range where mine was the low end, and then we went with her. Yeah. Okay, and then so, so I guess who are you guys that are outside of that, and where are you taking them at? Are they all just going in the second round then, or where do we go? When do we start addressing? If you're only taking two running backs in the first round, of I expect the more team, running backs to go in the second. I expect the, okay. the more it would kind of be a little lopsided, right? First round, because you have, look at all the, the the draft capital for the wide receivers. I mean, just look at it. You got. So we had six in the first, six in the second. Running back's just not a position that's taken like oh, that in the first I get round. that. I don't. understand that. I, you had six in the second versus two in the second for running backs. Running backs are getting, get taken later. Like, I, I get it. I know, but I'm just the higher capital, the guys are going to be, you know, kind of driven up the board a little bit. And those some of the running backs got later capital. It makes me wary. I mean, guys can be passed over. I know you – think it's a little bit more different than I do, but just for take Michael Carter, for instance. Was a guy who guys came into this season expecting this year he was going to be the RB1 potentially, and then they go up, then they trade up, and they draft free soul. So guys get leapt over. Guys with the lower draft capital make me wary. That's why I have them ranked a little bit lower. That's why I don't want to draft them in the first round. So I'd also argue, well, part of my argument for that is, like, with how quickly running backs get replaced in the NFL, that's also an argument to take a running back sooner because your guys are going to be replaced. Like, again, it's you, when you're drafting, you can't just think about, oh, is this guy going to make an impact this year? Look at your team. If, if you have Austin Eckler, 
I like I'd highly consider taking Isaiah Spiller in at the end of the first round because now I have Austin Eckler's handcuff and yeah, Austin Eckler that, gets that's hurt really and moves on. So yeah. that's where that's where I'm saying you yeah. could have situations like that where I'm not necessarily set on eight running eight wide receivers going there because it's dynasty. Some of these running backs could emerge. Rashad White behind Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. Like you know what I mean? Something like that where that Leonard Fournette is he he's back on what a one year deal with them right now. So. He could potentially have the volume there so, in a year. Yeah, uh, it, my hesitation kind of—I don't want to end up drafting a handcuff, and and when I could be getting a wide receiver too. Like we we get to that like that position right? Like take like Isaiah Spiller for instance. You want like uh, I, okay? So this is what, where, I guess we have, di- we have different philosophies. Board, right? We have you, different philosophies. You have all, just situational on the board. You have Elston Eckler, right? You have Elston Eckler. You're on the clock at one eleven or one twelve. Isaiah Spiller's there, but so is Christian Watson, and so is Alec Pierce and George Pickens. We have those people graded differently, so that's why it's different. But so again, yeah. with the way the draft capital, at that no, so at that point I'm, I might consider. Well, those guys I have ranked higher because I think they have wide receiver one upsides. But again, right, this is I put them but in. again that's this is where, I, hang I on, but this is where I'm considering. It's also how much later am I picking again? Because I'm looking. You're telling me those three guys are still available at pick eight. Like what happened before those picks that all three of those guys are still available? I mean, it's just like, hypothetical. So, okay, but here's what I'm saying. Right? Now my thought Burks, is London Wilson. Williams. Right. So what I so Olave. yes, I might take I'd take the handcuffs. I'm telling myself one of these guys will be available when I pick again. And I don't know that there'll be a running back available in my next pick that I'm going to want. I don't know if there'll be a handcuff available. I don't know if there'll be a starting one available. But I can look and see that there's eight other wide receivers that I'm like, okay. And if I look and I see there's like two or three running backs that I'm, that I'm interested in versus eight wide receivers, I have a better shot at getting that wide rec- at getting a wide receiver that I like than I do of getting the running back that I want. That's fair. So, again, this is where I kind of – like, I just – you, we again when you said you'd rather have a wide receiver too for an NFL for an NFL team versus a, a, a handcuff running back, we differ on that. I'd rather have the handcuff running back to a high volume running back because same. a wide receiver too in the NFL is replaceable and findable like that. I mean, the first guy that came to mind when I made that art was David Bell. I didn't mention him in the first, but say you get the two, David Bell or Isaiah Spiller. Spiller. Like, I'm taking David Bell. I'm probably taking Spiller. That's fair. All right. We've got uh, different philosophies. Again, depends on where we're at. And I also have to try to stop thinking about our draft because of where my picks line up. Mm -hmm. That's really hard because, again, where I'm picking and I have like a couple picks kind of grouped together so I don't have to make necessarily that choice. But, again. Say, like, if you didn't, it changes the the situation a little bit. Again, if I'm if I'm looking and I've just got all those wide receivers like the we've talked like we mentioned fifteen wide receivers earlier that like if you're telling me that I have to pass up on my top one to get one of those ones that's ten or twelve versus I'm gonna pass up on one of my top five running backs and get running back ten to twelve, I'd rather have gotten R B four and wide receiver ten than I'd rather get wide receiver four and R B ten is to get essentially where I come in. Can I just remind you guys that I turned Robbie Anderson into Rashad Bateman in a second? Nice maneuver. Yeah. It's a nice maneuver. I feel really happy about that at this point in the season. We want to flex our trades? Do we want to flex some trades? We want to flex some trades? That's really the only one I got to flex. What about you? I turned Debo Samuel into A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman. Okay. And a fifth-round pick. Anything anything over there for you, Ray? I turned David Montgomery into, into a first and two seconds. Alright, well that's pretty much a fleece, so you guys got anything else uh before we wrap up today? Or uh you guys we don't gotta wrap up, you know, what are you guys thinking? 
Antonio Brown's another receiver who was 5'10 and was successful in the league. So is Steve Smith. Just putting that out there. It was a rapid coming full circle around on our full discussion circle. earlier. Mm. What about you, Ryan? You got anything? 510. Who were we? Oh, oh, Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Sky, Moore. Sky, Sky Moore. Moore discussion. Ah, gotcha. I apologize. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got to. And it took you all episode to come up with the other guy. But yeah, well, my, I was preoccupied, you know. Right. So, again, <laughs> this is, okay, so again, this is one of those things where statistically, if I take all the wide receivers that are under five, that are under this eight, uh, height versus all the wide receivers that are over that height, yes, you can pull out a guy every five, four or five years that was under the height that made it. But statistically, you do not want to build a team out of exceptions. You're not looking for an exception to the rule. Stop trying. You don't want to outsmart everybody. I hear you, but so. Tyree Kill's getting a little bit on the older side, right? So we're hitting that four or five year window where it's time for someone else to seize the throne. <laughs> Tyree Kill's not even on that team. Now we're getting the mad. That's what I'm now. saying. But just like the short guy in the NFL, Antonio Brown flamed out, right? Tyree Kill was his. It was his time for mm-hmm. for a bit. Yeah, and there you now go. it's Sky Moore's time. So what about Jalen Waddle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Waddle five ten? I thought he was like six foot. I maybe maybe I'm I'm missing. I thought Waddle him. was smaller. He's oh, on the shorter that. side. I thought he. I didn't know he was five ten though. Let's take a look. Five ten. Five ten. Here, oh, there's another oh, one. Another good wide receiver. What do you mean? Five ten. Another good wide He got fed so targets last this year. year we got Waddle if only one of them can do it, who's gonna do it? Mm. Both of them. The, the Dolphins are. Oh. Oh. Are thumbing their nose at NFL trends. They said we can't succeed with receivers under five ten. Watch this. We got two of them. <laughs> oh man, Mike Gusecki's going to catch touchdowns on that team. No, uh, my final thing then is I think it's outrageous right now that all the fantasy rankers are are playing safe and not coming firm on who the Broncos' number one wide receiver is going to be. I look at all the rankings and both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are behind Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And if you're telling me you'd rather have the number two wide receiver for Tua Tugavailoa over the number one wide receiver for Russell Wilson, you're insane. Make a decision on which guy you think it's going to be and rank them that way. See, no one knows. They're They're cowards. No one knows. Make a decision. Make an informed decision. Look at things and make a decision. no, No one knows. You make a decision. You can't make a decision. You can't make a decision because here's the problem. You're going to be if you do it this way, you're going to be wrong on both of them. You can't put both of them at 25 and 30 because one of them is going to finish as the top 15, and you're going to be way off on it. Like that's what I mean. You can't, like make the decision and decide who it's going to be. Well, gotta be right and gotta be wrong sometimes. So. I didn't like the, the cheaping out and copping out and saying, well, I can't decide which one's going to be the West Side Receiver one, so I'll place them both at a spot where neither one of them is going to end up finishing the season at. That's all I had for you. Until next time, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Oddballs. I am Ryan McNichols. Rich Alex signing off. Mike Coyle. See you guys.